Hi everyone, Diana here. Before we begin today's episode, I have a quick bit of last minute news and I wanted to share it right away. At long last, I'm happy to announce that The Land of Desire is finally streaming on Spotify. Woohoo! That's right, you can stream the show anywhere, anytime. I do most of my podcast listening when I'm cooking, and this means that half the time I want to listen to a show, I've got hands covered in, like, raw chicken or something. So I set up a Google Home in my kitchen, and it uses voice commands so that I can launch a podcast episode without covering my phone in salmonella. Well, guess what? Now you can, too! The future is here, my friends! Anyway, now you can listen to The Land of Desire on Spotify, including today's episode. Here we go. Bienvenue, and welcome back to The Land of Desire, a podcast about the weird, wacky, and wonderful stories of French history and culture. I'm your host, Diana, and this week, I had an entirely different episode planned, with all my notes organized and waiting to be written into a script. But all of a sudden, I woke up on Tuesday morning, looked at the headlines, and I gasped. Karl Lagerfeld, the legendary creative director of Chanel, passed away on Tuesday at the age of 85. On the one hand, it's not remarkable that a man should pass away at the age of 85 after a long lifetime of constant work. But on the other hand, while there were a few rumors of his illness, he's one of those iconic figures that you can't really imagine life without. His black suits, his oversized sunglasses, his diamond earring, his iconic white ponytail. Karl Lagerfeld's own life story is fascinating in its own right. At the age of 17, he competed in a dress design competition, and he came in second place to an equally young Yves Saint Laurent. Karl Lagerfeld spent his early years traveling around the fashion industry, working for Valentino, Chloe, Ripetto, Curiel, and Fendi, until in 1983, he took over the house of Chanel in an attempt to restore it to its former glory. Since Coco Chanel's death in 1971, Chanel had grown, to put it simply, kinda musty. Lagerfeld revitalized the brand, seeking out the patronage of young, hip celebrities, expanding the line's range of iconic perfumes, and introducing the oh-so-popular lines of accessories, the Chanel watches and shoes and purses, all of which helped transform Chanel into a $10 billion enterprise. The most remarkable aspect of Karl Lagerfeld was his longevity. When houses like Yves Saint Laurent could cycle through a dozen head designers in 20 years, Chanel has only really had two creative directors, Coco and Karl. So his passing is a big deal in the fashion world. But his passing is not what we are going to talk about today. Because as soon as news of Carl's passing hit the internet, fashion aficionados had only one concern on their mind. 
All around the world, everyone was asking the same question. What would become of Choupette? Since 2011, despite Lagerfeld's coterie of A-list celebrities, there's only been one muse for the house of Chanel. She's beautiful, so beautiful that Carl turned her face into a line of iconic bags and accessories. She's haughty, with expensive taste and an air of disdain. She's beloved, with 50,000 Twitter followers and 120,000 Instagram followers. One last thing, she's a cat. This week, let's take a wild ride through the life of the world's most pampered feline and enjoy a taste of La Belle Vie as we get to know Choupette, the most fashionable cat in the world. When you're one of the world's most iconic fashion designers, there are limitations on your choice of pets. As Karl Lagerfeld told one magazine, I've had dogs in my life, but it was when I lived in the countryside. In Paris, as you can imagine, I could no longer take the risk of walking a dog in the street. There'd be a riot. And when it rains, they smell like a dead rat. Then, in 2011, Karl Lagerfeld got a call from one of his models, the 22-year-old Baptiste Giobicani, who had recently become an international sensation on Chanel's runway shows and in its ad campaigns. Giobicconi was heading out of town, and he asked Carl whether he could leave his kitten with Carl's staff while he was on his way out. Giobicconi dropped off the tiny little white Siamese furball, and when he returned home three weeks later, his boss had fallen under the spell of Choupette. She is peaceful, funny, fun, and gracious. She's pretty to look at and has good poise, but her main quality is that she doesn't talk. It was love at first sight. When Giabicconi returned home from vacation, his boss shrugged his shoulders. Sorry, but I'm keeping her. It was the beginning of a grand partnership. Here is a day in the life of Choupette. After Carl has had his daily breakfast of a protein shake and steamed apples, he starts the day by playing with Choupette. There's no danger of scratches since Choupette receives weekly manicures. The doctor does her manicure. She hates when we do it ourselves. The only time she makes a scandal is then. But everything is done with the eyes. She knows exactly what she wants. While her owner focuses on early morning business, Choupette occupies herself, perhaps with her personal iPad. Should she need a companion, she has not one, but two personal maids, Françoise and Marjorie, whose sole job is to make sure Choupette has company, even when she is sleeping. As Carl explained, they play with her, take care of her, brush her beautiful white hairs, give her beauty products for the eyes. She is the center of my world. Next, it might be time for Choupette to focus on her own early morning business, as she's a very busy lady. Her first fashion magazine spread came in 2012 for ID Magazine. In 2014, she earned over 3 million euros advertising for a German car company and Schuemura, 
a Japanese line of beauty products. I will try to include the photos from those photo shoots on the website's blog post for this episode. If you're like me, you may be wondering if Shupet will follow in the footsteps of the fancy feast cat, that iconic fluff monster who would run downstairs in commercials at the sound of a silver fork tapping on a crystal goblet filled with pate. I don't allow her to do foodstuffs and things like this, Carl said at the time. She's too sophisticated for that. But the fancy feast commercial isn't too far from the truth. Once the morning's work is over, Choupette and Carl eat lunch together, with Choupette on the table with her own tiny little silver goyard dishes. She has one for water, one for her little croquette, and one for her pâté. After a companionable meal together, Choupette's day can take any number of forms. Perhaps it's time for her weekly appointment with the veterinarian, including that manicure. She is very body conscious, Carl explains. She has maintained her ideal weight of three and a half kilos and is weighed every month at Dr. Horn's very chic clinic next door to Dior. Although she does tend to sulk for three days afterwards. Perhaps Carl is traveling, in which case Choupette will be traveling along with him on his private jet, along with Choupette's bodyguard and custom Louis Vuitton trunks. She is always, Carl notes, on the knees of the pilots. Whatever she's doing, it will be recorded by her two maids, who write down Choupette's actions and emotions in a journal. Within the first nine months, Carl informed Choupette's fans, the journal was 600 pages long. Speaking of Choupette's fans, somewhere in the midst of all these travels and obligations, Choupette finds time to update her fans on social media. The aforementioned Twitter account is a particular source of insight into the musings of a muse. How does Choupette feel about her maids? Just like every other human, useless and easy to manipulate. How does Choupette feel about all this attention? In my nine months, I have pawed at more Chanel than most women will see in a lifetime. I bask in your envy. She has a social media presence, so Carl doesn't have to. I don't do internet. I don't do Facebook, the designer said in a recent interview. I have to sketch. I have to play with Choupette. Sometimes those two activities overlap, since Choupette's favorite pastime is sitting in Carl's lap when he's trying to work. Along with her fashion shoots and social media, Choupette launched her own makeup collection, her own fashion line, a philanthropic line of designer cat collars, and a book. You may be wondering how Choupette, with her long, silky fur, is allowed near all of that Chanel, to say nothing of Carl's iconic black suits. She is brushed four times a day, Carl explains. If it's fashion week, Choupette can probably be found backstage, cuddling with the models. At the end of the day, Choupette and Carl reunite for dinner. Before, she might have attacked any old prawn, Carl explained, but now she will only touch the four different dishes prepared for her on that day. Everything must be very fresh, otherwise Mademoiselle sits in front of her biscuits for three quarters of an hour giving me filthy looks. 
dinner is a solemn affair. When she comes to eat, she looks at me as if she were asking me deep philosophical questions, and I sometimes wonder if I shouldn't talk about Kierkegaard. Of course, if it's the holidays, dinner becomes a special occasion. Every Christmas, Choupette receives catnip and caviar, while the chef whips up a special dinner. It depends where in the world we've jetted off to for the holidays. Previous meals included Japanese style beef with asparagus, prepared by Chef Ozuru of Nobu, Paris. Finally, it's time for bed. Choupette, of course, insists on being carried to bed by Carl like a baby. Where does the world's most pampered cat sleep? On a pile of discarded Chanel clothes, curled up in bed. Carl's bed? Ah,、uh, she used to try to sleep in bed with me. As I've said, she is very forward and flirtatious. But now she sleeps on her own full size bed in her own suite. Her room is outfitted with her own surround system so that she can have the music that she likes. Apparently, her preferred playlist is late 90s Madonna. But as Carl notes, Her tastes are always changing, so the butler constantly has to adjust her playlist. It was in such a fashion that the years passed, with Choupette and Carl living in perfect harmony. Last year, Choupette had a birthday party, complete with presents, a glittery wall sign crafted by the maids, and a single candle burning in a plate of shrimp. I may be seven. Choupette announced to social media afterwards, but I don't look a day over five. Choupette's life is so charmed, even the fashion elite envy her. In 2015, Karl Lagerfeld received a British Fashion Award from none other than Anna Wintour herself, the legendary editor of American Vogue. I have often thought, she said during her speech. That in my next life, I would like to come back as Choupette, his extremely beautiful and bourgeois cat, who has two maids, a chef, a personal hairdresser, and many diamond necklaces. Wouldn't we all, Anna? Wouldn't we all? Carl is the first to admit that he's wrapped around Choupette's little claw. She insists on being carried around the house like a baby. It's impossible to put her down without the claws coming out. He says. I have already had to walk around the apartment ten times without her deigning to get down. She has reduced me to a slave. Las Meninas by Velasquez is the painting that comes closest to Chupette's life. The infanta in the middle in white, with everyone fussing around her. Over the years, between her white fur and his iconic white ponytail, his diamond earrings and her diamond-studded collars. The two became visually as well as physically inseparable. I look a lot like Choupette, Carl observed. We're really like an old couple. And so, on Tuesday morning, after hearing the shocking news of Carl's passing, the internet's first question was obvious: What happens to Choupette? Choupette's social media accounts have not yet noted her owner's passing at the time of this recording. Only her recent observations about accessory trends and how boring this season of The Bachelor has been. In an interview last year, 
Carl expressed that his final wishes were to be cremated and for his ashes to be dispersed with those of his mother and those of Choupette if she were to die before him. Now that Choupette has outlived her owner, what's next? Well, Carl confirmed that Choupette, along with a few others, is the heir to his vast personal fortune, estimated at over $200 million. Of course, Choupette still has her own fortune, those $3 million earned in advertising, which Carl promised he never touched and stored in a separate bank account in Choupette's name. But what about the vast Chanel fortune? Well, the thing is, French law does not let you give your money to a cat. It's lucky I'm not French, Carl replied. In Germany, you can give your money to a cat. In 1992, a German countess left her dog, a German shepherd, of course, $373 million. But it's not so simple. Since Karl Lagerfeld lived in France, French law should dictate how his fortune is distributed. But there might be other solutions. Karl could create a foundation whose sole mission is caring for the welfare of Choupette and leave the money to the foundation. Or, Carl could designate Choupette's next owner and leave the money specifically for Choupette's care and keeping. Choupette, Carl told Vanity Fair magazine, is a rich girl. She has her own little fortune. If anything happens to me, the person who will take care of her will not be in poverty. Then again, as someone who just watched the Aristocats for the first time this month, he'll have to make sure he placed Choupette in the hands of someone very trustworthy. But Carl would never do anything less. As he had mused to a magazine a few years ago, I never thought I would fall in love with a cat like this. Thanks for listening to The Land of Desire. As always, I encourage you to follow The Land of Desire on Facebook or add the show on Twitter at The Land of Desire. I'd like to give a special shout out to my newest Patreon supporters, Justin, Amanda, Maria, Jenny, and Nick. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much. I had to submit my taxes last week, which means adding up all my podcast expenses for the year. And y'all, this is an expensive side gig. There are times when I think I really should have gotten into jigsaw puzzles instead. But then a listener writes me an email or contributes to the show or just says hi on Twitter. And I remember why I do this. So thank you to each and every one of you for your support, no matter what form that support takes. To wrap up today's episode, I'd like to do something a little different and pay it forward for a few different websites and resources that I've been into recently. None of this is advertising or anything like that. Uh, these guys have no idea that I'm talking about them. I just think these are really neat. First, if any of you are thinking about starting a podcast or already have one of your own, you might be interested in a new resource that just launched from Radio Public which is a site that I really like and respect. Radio Public put together a new guide to podcasting with some good advice about creating your show, making it better, and earning income from your work. 
you can see it at podcasters, that's podcaster with an S at the end, podcasters.radiopublic.com. Next, I'd like to recommend an amazing email newsletter that I've been subscribed to for a few months now called The Browser. Every day, they send out a really well-chosen selection of long-form articles and at least one podcast and one video that they find interesting. They've got really wide-ranging taste, so you're not just going to see the same Gimlet and NPR shows recommended over and over again. I've actually discovered a bunch of new shows through the browser. I feel like the kind of folks who listen to The Land of Desire will probably really, really like the pieces that are getting featured in the browser, so that's why I wanted to share it with all of you. You can subscribe at thebrowser.com. That's all for now. Thank you for listening, and if any of you listening have cats, please share pictures on The Land of Desire's Facebook page. My sister has a super cute kitten, but I miss having a pet. Curse you, San Francisco rental market. If you post a picture of your own cat on the Facebook page, I promise I will coo over it and tell you what an excellent cat it is. Until next time, au revoir.